Welcome to the House Club Live podcast, featuring the full artist interviews from our video broadcast on YouTube. My name is Warner Case, and I host the show alongside Vin D'Amato and Nick Timko. Join us during the broadcast every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern at youtube.com slash warnercase. In chat, you can ask questions to us and our guests, talk with other house music fans, or just hang out. Until next Sunday, enjoy this interview and feel free to share it with friends. Uh, and so we're going to bring out our guest. Like I said at the beginning, we have Hunter on the show today, which is H-N-T-R, which is Hunter, Hunter Siegel's Darker Alias. Uh, he said that he played a, a show in his hometown of Toronto. That was the most memorable show of his life, life to about 5,000 people. I saw a photo of it on his Instagram. It looks incredible. Uh, first release was through, if I get this right, Big Beat Records, which is phenomenal. Big Beat's phenomenal. And if you haven't listened to his music, you should listen to him right now and then go listen to his music. But we're going to bring him out. Please welcome to the show. He's Hunter. here. Woo! Uh, All right, we got him. We got him. Hunter, where are you right now? Uh, I'm currently sitting in my studio in Toronto, Canada. Ah, and it, and we just learned that it's Mother's Day there as well. So, so I believe Mother's Day is universal, guys. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> okay. Good to know. All Thank right. you. Thank you. Right. Yeah, well, it's one of those things that it would be an international holiday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, That's yeah. You learn something new every sense. day. <laughs> Totally. Don't fact check. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We won't. We don't fact check anything. You could say anything and we'll just believe Correct. you. You could oh, say you're Calvin Correct. Harris and we would believe Correct. you. Awesome. You, you you guys look similar. So so Hunter, I, I'm curious. This is something that comes up a lot on our show when we talk. Um, I'm curious about, you know, you're, you are Hunter Siegel. It's a successful project, we'll call it. I always feel kind of weird calling like an artist a project, but when how is it that you came to the decision? Okay. Yeah, right? Like okay. it's... It's like I am a project. I mean, I am. My wife would tell you that I'm 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 a I'm a work in progress, that's for sure. <laughs> Same. Uh, but how did you decide to start Hunter H N T R um in, like in in tandem with Hunter Siegel? Yeah, I guess I'm sort of uh, uh I've always been like a music first kind of person, you know, and I was uh um, I'd come to a place where I just wasn't as like connected with what I had been making. I felt like I was making music sort of to keep, uh, the wheels turning in a machine rather than, you know, um, what I would, you know, listen to or love or not love. Obviously I liked the music I was making, but you know, I, I got to a point where I was like, Oh, what, you know, I, I, I felt like there was like what they liked and what I liked. And I started, you know, exploring what I liked and trying to make music for me. And it just felt, um, completely different than mm. um what i'd been doing whether that was you know the right decision whether i should have just uh you know gone for a more chris lake kind of thing where you just kind of really lean into a different sound and push it i mean uh, who's to say i just felt like uh i felt like it was a, di a different artist you know mm. so i sort of yeah. decided that um I, I guess part of the decision just came from like you know if you come to this profile and you hear this music do you also like connect this with some of these other tracks and it just didn't feel like the same thing to me. Um, and I also wanted an outlet to still be able to like, you know, it's not to say that Hunter Siegel will never have music again, you know, like I'd still like to be able to do maybe some stuff for the radio under that alias or, you know, um, collab with some of my friends that that's more akin to working with. Right. We, so just sort of felt we've so. had this conversation on, on the show, uh, fairly often. Um, about oh, about artists and uh, how they feel their audience receives the music that they put out and how um, you know some like a different angle, different vibe, different lane 
um, could kind of cause a bit of a disconnect. So it's interesting, you know, that the the other project felt, you know, you know, you it, it allowed you to have that um, sort of outlet, right, for for the new for the new vibe and and for the new stuff. So I think I think it's I think it's great. I think it's um, you know for artists, it's important to go with your gut and to create the things that you love, right. And, and make that make you feel yeah, good. Totally. So however, uh, you have to execute on that, I think is, is the move. Yeah. So I'll tell you an interesting thing. Um, I, I was like talking the DM with like dirty South when I was trying to make, uh, this decision. And I had like never spoken to him before at all. I don't even remember how that the conversation started, but I'd like heard his new music, which was like very, it's still really progressive, but it's not at all like the old dirty South tunes that you might remember from like 2011, sure, you know, it's like, sure. a big yeah, yeah, yeah. and I guess I just sort of like, you know, through like a hail Mary in the DM being like, Hey man, like I'm going through a similar thing. Just, uh, you know, I've been trying, how did you decide to do it as yourself? And he, and he sort of, the way he put it was, uh, and I, I'm obviously like butchering how he said it, but essentially he said, whatever, you, whatever decision you make is the right one, whatever it takes for you to write the music you want to write, you know? And so that's kind of like, I was like, Oh shit, okay, you can't, you can't really make a wrong decision. You know, it's like, as long as you, the, the outcome is music coming out, I don't really think there is a right or wrong to it, you know? Sure. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's interesting. I mean, like Ben said, we talk about it a lot because I think it's something that we're, we're experiencing now, I think because of the internet and because of mm -hmm. the massive reorganization yeah. of yeah, yeah. how the music industry works, because, you know, historically and, and everybody in chat, I'm really interested to see what you think about this when an artist starts releasing kind of a new genre under the same name, or if they split off and do a new project. And right. I'm interested if, if people in chat have a preference, but I, I think, and, and I, and, you know, I'd love to hear what you think uh, about it as well. Of course, I, I think it's maybe kind of like a, now that, you know, distribution costs are effectively zero. You know, in the mm -hmm. past, you had to like, you had to work at a studio, which you had to pay for. You had to, you had physical tape that you had to pay for when you were recording. You had to print physical CDs and cassettes and vinyl and whatever. You I've had to make pay for those physical things to get. Yeah, yeah. You have to, you have to ship it places. It's expensive. So if you're making music that's one way, and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, but I kind of want to start doing this too you're probably signed to a label in the past. And they're just like, no, we're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, all right, well, fuck, I guess I'm going to just keep doing this thing. Then you didn't have the option yeah. to split off. And so you're kind of forced into doing, I don't want to say the same thing, but you know, the label controlled you a lot of times. And so you kind of couldn't. And I think there's a benefit to the democratization of this because now we're just like, hey, you know what? I, for example, have a lot of pop music that I'm really excited to release because I love release. I love writing all sorts of stuff. And if I, if I were in the past and I was signed to a label and I was signed to a label as like, you know, a house producer, like tech house, Fiby house, stuff like that. And I said, Hey, what do you think about this pop music? They'd just be like, no. <laughs> and then it, and it would just die. It would just disappear. Uh, do, Hunter, what do you, do you think it's a, an internet thing or, or where do you think this all comes from? Oh man, it's interesting. There's so many, I've, a bunch of thoughts about uh, a bunch of the different things you're saying, touching on sort of the, uh, the fan perspective. I think as artists, uh, we have a completely different perspective than fans. I don't know that the, your, your average fan cares about what it is as much as you do. And I think there's an interesting connection between like an artist's perception of what they're doing versus, uh, the fans perception of what the artist is doing. And, and I feel like a lot of successful artists actually, are able to have that sort of like fan view. They're able to understand it mm. from an exterior perspective, which is like very, very hard to do when you're deep in it. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, all the whole time you're talking about there of like, you know, I've, I've been making music for like a long time. This is actually not even the second project. I was in a group before that. Uh, I was a producer for years and years since probably like, when did I start producing? I don't even know. Like, it's going to date myself horribly here, but like, you know, the early 2000s, <laughs> I started making music um, and releasing it. And in those days, it, it was CDs. It was like very, you know, um, like it, it, you're, you, you had it exactly right. Like you needed a label or you had to hustle yourself to get the attention of a label. And having come through all of that to like where we are now and just watching, like I literally, as an artist, watched the rise of the internet and watched how it changed yeah. everything going from physical to, um, you know, uh, like digital and, uh, having been on the come up that entire time has been very interesting, but I, I, I do think we are at a time where as poor as some of these like platforms, artist deals are, it's, we're actually in a time for artists where it is, uh, the best time for artist empowerment, because mm -hmm. you don't need to be at the behest of like a label to do anything. You are the label, you are the brand. Like, look at you right now. You decide, hey, man, I'm going to start up a like a podcast with two of my homies. And like, you know, people are watching it. Like, we've got people in a chat talking to us right now. That was impossible before. Like, you used to have yeah, to yeah. Uh, have somebody else, you know, pay for you to go on like a, a TV show or whatever to have anyone hear of you, right? Like, it's just like, if you yeah, think yeah, just yeah. The, the complete shift in what's possible. Um, and, th and that's good or bad. Like, there's, you know, there's definitely... Yeah the the oversaturation of that has led to you know just the digital age in general has led to like it's i don't want to say like a lot of bad music art is art but like you know it's easier to make music than ever so with the fact that i, I like, feel you i feel you you know what i mean they're like with the fact yeah, yeah, yeah. That now it's like dude when i when i first started making music i had to find a guy who had like all this shit and yeah like he yeah. had to be like nice enough or have a reason to want to let me like i used to bring this dude he lived in a different um like suburb of Toronto. I used to sneak on this thing called the go train here and bring him a bag of weed and clean his studio up just to like hang yeah. out with him and have him like show me how to make beats. Love that. And we ended up like being in a crew forever together. But like, that was like the, the gatekeeping of just that, you know? And like, we, I remember yeah. thinking about just like another, like really dating myself here, but like the first demos we had, we had to, it was like the early days of the internet. The uh, vinyl was still kind of a thing. It was like on the vinyls on the way out sort of in dance music, but like, you know, Tractor had just started. We just had this thing called Final Scratch One, so it was like yeah. not really there yet. Uh, to to demo songs, we took our songs, burned them on hundreds of CDs, okay, and then went on the backs <laughs> of every record that we had in the studio, wrote down the addresses, and like physically mailed these guys CDs of our music. Wow! And like, wow. you know, never heard back from one of them. So like, you think right now it's brutal to like email your son <laughs> to a guy and he never responds. Think about when your your DMs were like fucking mailing this guy something. It's like, all right, like so maybe maybe in six weeks we'll know if these guys in England give a fuck. So about basically, us, you know? submit, submit yeah. hub. You're yeah. saying submit hub just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, my favorite is for for the for the fans out there who aren't uh, using submit hub. Submit hub allows you to send music to well basically to, to blogs and other places but it's like an automated system and i think it's a good idea in, in general but what's yeah. funny is that yeah in theory it's a good idea because it, they, they're like they're they have to respond they have to give you feedback yeah. even if they're not going to accept pay, you your demo yeah, yeah yeah that's right you pay to have it sent to them so that's the, the the deal is you pay money 
but you do get feedback. But the problem is a lot of times the feedback is just like hilariously meaningless. Uh, yeah, it's so <laughs> it actually does really well for, uh, I run a techno label, uh, techno in-house and stuff. And we actually get like good pickups off Submit Hub. Surprisingly, it's very, it's very not centered around the music that uh, we do. But I find it actually, I got, I got nothing but like good stuff to say about it. But it is funny because sometimes the lists that like don't make sense for you, the feedback is just like, it's like, not enough vocal and you're like well no shit this is a song without a vocal in it like, yeah, the, we could probably yeah. create like a whole meme of submit hub feedback like you know oh man there's there's a you lot of silly shit yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a diet Prada for 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 the music industry feedback. I think one time Vin and I, when we released a track together, I'm pretty sure it was something like "really love the vocal, didn't love the vocal though," and it's like yeah. it's exactly it. Yeah, it's like we 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 are, wow, these drums are so great. Loves the love the chords, love the vocal. It's like well, it's all that's in the song, but it's not for us. So did you? Why did <laughs> it's you? Like, yeah. it's like, oh, cool. <laughs> I actually had an interesting thought about this the other day about just like in general seeing how much. Um, you can now like get feedback from your favorite artist or, you know, like, especially with the whole, like, um, Twitch, like pandemic happening. Right. Now there's like every artist reaching out through, you know, whatever streaming platform you can talk to them and get feedback. And I was thinking about what impact that, and I'm interested what you guys think about this, what impact that has on music? Because previously, like, if you think of like, and I'm not even, you know, when I came up or just, let's let's even just talk about before this it's like you just created for the sake of creating you didn't really get any feedback other than a couple of your buddies and what the car test gave you right so (laughs) i wonder what impact it has now like do you think it's good or bad that now you can go and find you know warner case and warner case your favorite producer can be like yeah your drums aren't good yeah like is that Good. I wonder what that impact is like. Like, I just had that thought the other night. Warren, you want to go first? That is a, that's a really interesting observation. Yeah, thanks, Finn. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, kind of like anything, like you said earlier, pro and con. I think the pro is if you find somebody, uh, an artist you like, who you really respect, and if they're cool, like if they're going to give you feedback and actually be helpful, then I think that's not only helpful for your progression as an artist and as a producer in particular in in our case, but I think it's also encouraging because then they're like, oh, cool. The people that I like are also nice people and they're willing to help. So I think there's a nice connection there, which um, that's like the pro side of it. I think the con side of it is like you're saying, if you're creating to create, you may accidentally, if you're getting feedback from your favorite artists, you may accidentally end up kind of doing things just like them mm-hmm. if you're following their tips and their tricks. Um, and I think there's also, I kind of at times, and it's usually when like my manager tells me I need to post on TikTok more often or something, shout out my managers, you guys are lovely. But, uh, you know, I, I sometimes like the idea of, you know, in the past where it was impossible to reach out to your favorite artists. Mm-hmm. They were these gods above you. Yes. And as a consequence, you kind of, I don't want to say worship them for anybody who finds that offensive, but you know what I mean? Like mm. these, these were these greater than life beings that you could go home, you put their CD in, and every time you looked at their album, there were these untouchables that made you happy or made you mm-hmm. something. And that's a cool power that I think sometimes disappears when you can just send anybody a DM and to an extent, the the artist like almost has to respond, or in my opinion, or it kind of makes it feel like the artist is a dick for not responding. 
Right. Totally. And again, if you're a really big artist, like you have a lot of people DMing you, like, I don't have oh. that problem. I'm not big enough. Right. But that's, so I think those are in my mind, those are the pros and cons. I think in general, I mean, I try to help everybody who DMs me. Mm-hmm. And if I have the time, I love to do that because I like having personal connections with my fans because I think because I would have loved that when I was growing totally. up, when that's I was growing build- up, if I could well, go ahead, Warner, Warner, that's, that's how you build your fan base. You and I've talked about this a ton of times, yeah. right? Like that's how you're going to build these dedicated people. They still see you right. As this kind of like God esque figure, mm-hmm. right. That makes tunes that they like to dance to, that they like to play in their kitchens on Friday night. I saw some, some dude is doing that, uh, on Friday night. Yeah. Um, like, you know, they, you still have that stature, but you create these these fans that are just like, wow, I have a relationship with my favorite artist. That's cool. Yeah. Like, so I, I think that's me, one of the thought I was important. Totally. I think that's one of the benefits for sure. Vin, what do you think? I, I, I guess I'll go con. Um, I, I think I think one of the worst parts of having all of this be accessible is um you know, like the Wizard of Oz effect here. Like, you know, when I when I when I first started producing electronic mm. music, like I like Justice and Mastercraft and and you oh, know, man. like like yeah. like that. I I was like I was like, dude, how, what are they? What are these wizards, bro? Like, like what what is going on? What is this wizardry? Like, how how are they getting these sounds? Like, what? Like, I was so enamored, right? There was there was that curiosity that we were like, yo, what is go- what is going on? This is crazy, like. And, and then like, you know, every, every, you know, vacay vitamins or whatever, right? Like a new song would pop up on the blog and you'd be like, dude, like, how are these people doing this? And there was something to that mystery, right? There's yeah. something to that, like, like, oh my God, like I, I need to figure out how to do that and having no real direct path to figuring it out. So like, yeah. you had to mm-hmm. grind and you had to figure out like how to make the, the MS-20 go burr and, and, you know, for, there was no, there was no YouTube, how to sound like justice in four minutes. (laughs) If you think about, if you think about that, that really changed music. And, and I think, you know, you were talking about the threshold sort of like for how to get your mixes correct and proper, like the, the, your, you know, my mixes were awful for years. They're still, they're still probably not that great. You know what I mean? Like, but the issue issue, (laughs) issue now is like, you know, the, the, the starting point is, is way higher, right? Like you, you, you can start mixing and literally watch like an hour of YouTube every day and get very well put together informative videos to get you to a level fast that just wasn't possible for, right? So the cutting your teeth yeah. and the grind that, you know, uh, you know the, our, our older guys, like, you know, and I'll include myself in that too, that we put in and, and just that grind and, and figuring out massive and, and how, you know, just the wonder of how these guys put that stuff together. I actually thought totally. brought a bit of, um, the, the, it was good. It, was, it wasn't the worst thing that we had to figure that out for ourselves and, and that we had to put those puzzle pieces no, together. Yeah, I, I, right. Totally. I agree. It, well, I, I think if I can just no, jump in on it, I'm really glad you said all that because I was hoping that I'd get a chance to sort of like expand on this because I feel the exact same way as you do about it in that sense. But I, I feel like there was um, less of a chance of people sounding the same as other people because you didn't know how they did it. So you couldn't get it exactly like they did. There wasn't some like genius sound designer on youtube being like oh i unraveled the whole thing here it is literally just make the sound it's like you couldn't figure it out so you doing your closest impression was more of an homage than it was like a copycat you know what i'm saying right. and i just uh I, it, it's it, it also was just like there was less you didn't i don't know when i came up like making music it's that same time you're talking about like blog house all that kind of stuff 
you didn't want to sound like someone else. You wanted to figure out how to sound like yourself. Like you, like I see now uh, a big song comes out and they'll be like, every kid's like running to go remix it. And I'm like, man, back in like the days of vinyl, it's like if a big remix came out, you were pissed because you missed your shot because you weren't going to remix it. Like you weren't going to just go be like, oh, this song's huge. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to remix this now too. And like, there's three bajillion, like, dude, there are, you know, remix packs. I see now like 20 remixes. And I'm like, why are there, you don't need this many remixes of a song, yeah. man. Like marketing, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Spotify, yeah. Spotify plays. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Hey, you just touched on something that, that I've joked around with, uh, Vin about, which is, and I think actually not to disparage big beat. Cause I do love the, the label and I love Atlantic for the most part, except for that. They signed that girl that catch me outside girl, which was, she just kind of she just made you hear, to just not, jump not, off not to bridge. veer off here, but do you hear how much money she made on like her first day of OnlyFans? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't want to know. I don't. Yo, know. Don't tell me. No, don't her tell first me. Single though that they they got um oh my god who's the producer the crate Ronnie or whatever yo that that single actually like her verse was whatever but the hook kind of went hard man I was I was kind of yeah. impressed I'm not gonna lie I, I know, check it out I've the Yankees heard. can buy good players so you know it was called High Bitch it was like I was like oh I'm, I was. I was more surprised about it than I thought I'd be. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Pleasantly surprised. Well, look, look. If, I mean, they know what they're doing, but that's the machine. You know, that's yeah, the machine yeah. that's saying like, sure. oh, they. She has, she has, she has a, an it quality of stardom because she was, you know, rude to her mother on TV. <laughs> so, uh, happy Mother's Day. Where was yeah. I going with that? I had something. Way to, way to connect. Uh, you were talking about Atlanta. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. They and signed, happy and you're talking Day. about labels, and you're talking about. Oh, you're about to get banned oh. from Warner for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like come on, don't ban me. The names are so similar. I need to be on Warner. Oh, let's go. Um, I know. Fuck. Well, I forgot what I was gonna say. But I, so Hunter, I'm curious. Given what we're talking about, and you know, I, I love that you joke about dating yourself. But I think the experience you have definitely, you know, leads you to having some some wisdom that maybe a younger producer would not have. Uh, how do you think you got to you know your current project, HNTR Hunter? Um, and how do you think your experience? informs the music you make i mean i know that's an open-ended question but i'm well, curious what huge. kind of comes to mind very existential um yeah a, a lot i don't know i guess uh it's like m- more so in this project than like anything else i've done i guess that's sort of the, was the whole point i i wanted to do something where uh i could bring all of my influences together i finally felt like i had reached a point in my uh production ability where you know I can, you know, feel like I'm actually able to channel all the influences and make something that sounds truly like unique to me, not necessarily like, um, covering a sound that's popular or whatever it is. Right. So I guess that's sort of, uh, I wanted to take that like old school, like mentality of just, you know, trying to make something unique, trying to make something new, something I'd never really like followed too closely was, um, make the music that you want to hear, not the music that they want to hear. And that was sort mm. of where, uh, when I was finally able to do that, it's like, I, I make music now that like, I want to listen to, like I make music where, you know, some of my, like, I'm not sitting here being like, I'm fucking great. But like some of my songs, like, you know, shadows in the dark that just came out. Like I listened to it. And I'm like, Holy fuck. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I love this, you know, like this is music where like, this really is for me. Like I fucking, I fucking did it. You know, like I have these moments yeah. of pride. It was funny, right? Right before it came out, I hadn't, uh, I was trying to like DJ the extended mix, which I guess I, I don't love like this way. I did a certain part of it and it kind of soured me and I was like, oh, fuck, do I even like this song anymore? 
You know, like, oh, what I do? <laughs> that, that stupid thing you do where you're like always doubting yourself. It's the morning of the release. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend put up some lovely mouse head balloons all over our house. It was very, very Aww. nice. And I sat down and uh, I'm like playing it on my phone in the living room. And I forgot that I had made like a, like a Spotify edit that was different. Right. And I played through <laughs> that edit for a sec. Cause I hadn't heard it in like, you know, you know how long it takes to release now. It's like you submit the song, you know, s- six weeks before it comes out. You, you may not even remember shit you did in it. If you're like me, like I work until midnight, submit night. And like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not married to anything in my songs. I will delete like the, like my manager can attest to this. He'll get a song and be like, this is like not even the same song as it was before. Like, I'm not married to anything. Anything can change until it's submitted, you know? Um, so like I sat down, it was the first time I guess I'd heard it in like six weeks or something like that. And I listened, I was like, oh, holy shit. This is a bang. <laughs> like, wow, I love like, wow, you, yo, dude, you like sitting there, it's like, you know, you, bro, like, all right, nice, you know? So it's a good feeling. And I, I do yeah, know how you feel. It's, totally. it's sometimes, sometimes you've been working on a song for so long. Once it comes out, you're like, I'm, I'm, I don't want to listen to this. Is this good anymore? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's funny how that is. Um, well, I'm glad to hear that, that, you know, you, you came around to being excited about it again. Cause I know it, it doesn't always work that way. And then sometimes you're forced to like promote this song that like you no longer have passion for because it's just been totally. going through your head for months and months and months. And you're like, yeah, I like this song. I don't know why you would. Cause I fucking hate it. Yeah. I'm like um, definitely dedicated to not having music like that out. Like that's yeah. one of the, I, you know, um, I run my own label now, which is where the, the predominant part of my music comes out and that like control allows me to not, you know, I, I'll change songs out that were supposed to be on like the EP. I've got, I've done two EPs now and I've literally like, you know, deleted a song or added a song or like whatever, changed everything up till the very last minute, which is kind of like not as possible when you're working with like other sort of like exterior teams. You don't get to say like, yo, hey, Mousetrap, like uh, the song's coming out in like a day or two, but I just want to completely change this version. Is that cool? You know? Yeah. So, yeah they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. They're like, yeah, yeah, cool. Dude. This, your, your song's deleted, you know? Yeah. We, should, uh, we should we should listen to a little bit of shadows in the dark we can if uh if we have oh, time yeah sure yeah get that get that uh takedown <laughs> well we will we'll put a link up and that way yeah. people can listen to it and first before i forget i want to see let's see adrina uh, what's up adrina thanks for tuning in uh she says as a fan i feel like closeness to an artist helps me feel more loyalty which i agree with i think that's kind of something we were talking about which is nice um and i agree i think that's kind of a nice thing i think that's part of reason why i like to respond to every dm that i get if i can is you know if i dude if billy corgan of smashing pumpkins like responded to me on instagram holy shit you know that would blow my mind um and then Ame, or I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. A-M-E, Malso, Ame. Um, it feels almost like now artists have more power in their hands, but get less money in their pockets, is, isn't True. it? I mean, after social media and self-publishing. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I agree. We do have more power, but the problem is it's like, yeah, like, you know, we get like point, 0.03 cents a stream or something insane. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it 0.3 cents? Regardless. Uh, yeah, like we have more power, but the problem is, yeah, every every stream you're barely making anything. So if you can make a career for yourself, I mean, look at Chance the Rapper. I think didn't he do all this stuff indie? And I don't know if that's a hundred percent true. By the way, I think he had. Oh yeah. Uh, I know they say that, but I think he had uh, one of those like. Um, remember, like Macklemore, how they're like, oh, first indie artist to do this, and it's like when you yeah. really look behind it, he did. It's not completely indie. Like he's got like a like an A wall or like one of these giant you know, company backed, uh, not publishers, but like distro teams that have like, 
Like it's not like you and me putting something up on like distro kit and, <laughs> right. and like winning a grant. Well, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. still, this like massive machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I don't know. I'm not trying to hate on Chance. That's I what he does a lot actually uh, for just music in general. Like with the whole trying to buy and save SoundCloud and like you know. Yeah. And if he did do, I I don't know his story, so I maybe shouldn't be sitting here being like he didn't do it. But like I I, I think he also has some kind of like uh, like it's not to say like whatever it's exactly it's like not like he's on distro kid with a grammy he's gotcha like, gotcha gotcha there's a bit of a bigger team to what he's doing you know gotcha um yeah absolutely well i mean obviously we could talk forever and it's been lovely having you on and we should definitely have you on again because this has been a lot of fun and for totally. those of you out there watching and listening we've never we're met post? before this Let's so go. it's really nice when it's always a fun time and so next time i'm in, I'm in toronto which will be a year from now apparently because which covid will, yeah, which will be 2020 yeah uh, we're, we're gonna have and to hang out um so next time we have you on Next time we have you on, we'll get you in the background playing on uh, on the. Well, yeah, you have to, you'll have to give us a, a quick rundown at some point. I guess next time yeah. when when uh, of all the sins. Oh, you can go, you can go right now. Let's go. What do you What do you want to know? <laughs> oh, listen, I mean, oh. you know, I'm down. Is that a sixty? Is that a sixty or a one hundred six up there? It's a sixty, but it's modded with uh with MIDI and with a different sequencer. Okay, in it. cool. So you got sweet. the best of both worlds. So you got the ARP, you got the yeah. ARP, and then you got the MIDI mod. Nice. Yeah, that's a clone. That's not that's not real. That's a clone. Okay, very cool. Nick just fell asleep, guys. We need we're, to wake him back up. We're gonna send out. We're gonna send out like a little like dictionary thingy that like kind of like, <laughs> yeah, like describes a, like a everything code. that yeah, yeah. That you guys <laughs> to, about. to translate from whatever that is to English. Um, all right, so we're gonna move on to the listening party section of the show. Uh, Nick, why don't Thanks for listening to this interview from House Club Live. Join us during the live stream every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern at youtube.com slash warnercase to add your input to the conversation, ask questions to us and our guests, or just hang out. Thanks for listening, and please consider subscribing to the show or to the podcast, or both. See you next week.